gold's back below 1700. Will it last? We'll ask, Mr. Hodge. Silver's around the 17 level. The dollar's flirting with 110, as we told you it would be. Patriot Battery Metals keeps hitting new 52-week highs every week. We're going to talk lithium. We're going to talk bear markets. We're going to talk the housing market. We're going to talk about Greg Abbott, Mr. Hell on Wheels. A lot, as always, to get to. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is therapy session number 184, otherwise known as Bizarro World. Nick, you're back from the Silver Symposium. How are you, sir? I was going to say the news cycle doesn't slow down when you stop looking for two or three days, does it? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm great. I, I found it highly ironic that silver's down to $17 while you're at the Silver Symposium. I'm um, giving a speech on, would you care to share? Uh, I think I told you in previous weeks, my title was to the moon with a question mark. <laughs> Let's start with $30 and they might have to start with 15 before they start with $30. So um, I guess we can start with a recap of the, of the, of the show, if that's okay. It was um, fairly well attended by the crowd that you might expect, the, the silver crowd, right? Uh, you know, Fed is evil ever since Nixon took us off the standard, the dollar is doomed, the central bank digital currencies are coming, and, you know, we should all build a bunker and keep stacking silver crowd. That's primarily the, who it was. And some of the speakers cater to that crowd, which is all well and good. And some of the speakers have catered to that crowd for years, if not decades on end, and they're starting to realize that um, the can can get kicked much further than, than anyone realized. And some of the speakers were telling them that the uh, silver price was not, in fact, going to the moon, but it was closer to the uh, planet that we all live on here and, and plant our feet on, which is Earth. So, you know, I, I just <laughs> gave a talk about... Um, how to be a contrarian's contrarian and that, you know, contrarian doesn't mean doing the opposite of what everyone's doing. It means doing the, um, the right thing, uh, based on what the crowd is doing. And I talked about how, you know, some of these, um, Reddit sagas that we've seen came at the wrong time and sucked a lot of people in. If you think back to early 2021, when the wall street silver was first coming on the scene and telling you that silver was going to the moon, um, you know, I time I had some time-stamped articles that I wrote for, for premium members about how we were selling companies like Mag Silver to that crowd, right? Um, and that's what Mag Silver on the NYSE was at like 24 or 25 bucks. And if you look at a chart since then, you'll see that Mag Silver is at like $12 now. It's taken a 50% haircut since um, the, the Wall Street Silver crowd came on the scene. And so I was asking them, I was saying it begs the question, which, which way is the moon, right? Um, and because I was reading articles, you know, I pulled some articles up and I found this one about it was like a Reuters article about um, this guy here in Washington, in fact, who was like a kitchen worker and he had $200 of free income every week. Um, and he was putting $100 of that towards silver. He was like, you know, with half of my free cash flow, I'm buying silver. And um, his name was Carrie. And I, so I had a chart up. How has Carrie done since he was buying silver with half his paycheck at, at, at $25 an ounce? Well, he's taken a 30% haircut, right? Is that the best thing for someone who has $200 of free income every week to be putting your money into? Probably not. And so um, anyway, that's sort of what my talk was about to how to deal with the punches as they roll in and um, you know, why charts matter, why only the last price matters, not what you think the price should be. And um, 
sort of how to read the tea leaves on, on when and how we get positioned. And then I went into, you know, quality speculations, right? Companies that aren't dependent on, um, you know, our, our stock will be better when silver's at 50 bucks, like how to invest in companies that can execute and, and deliver results while, while um, you know, silver's not going the right direction. So, and it was perfect because, you know, I had the, the, the sort of the trend lines up there and, and it was right where it was the day the, that I was giving the talk, you know, I was saying silver breaks down through 1840, 1850, it's not gonna be good. And lo and behold, here we are. I was thinking about you. I saw a picture on Twitter of you on the panel. I believe Sean was there, Sean Kuhn Kuhn. I believe Jason Weber was there from Allianza. Um, great guys, great companies doing great work. I have all the faith in the world that they're going to develop projects of merit and and, and continue to grow them. And I, I, I have all the confidence in their the, those teams and, and their companies um, that they'll do much better in, in a better market because they do quality work during the downtime. But that kind of gets to my next point. Like you talked about being a contrarian and being a contrarian doesn't mean not making money just for not making money's sake, right? Being a contrarian is maximizing profits by using weakness to add or bolster positions that you feel confident in. So I say that to say is gold, you know, it broke below 1700. It's sitting there at 1695 as we speak. Is gold a good contrarian speculation in your opinion right now? I, I know we share similar sentiments on silver. We, I think we both believe it trades as an industrial metal for the time being. And unless it breaks through certain technical highs, it's going to be that way for at least another quarter or so. But what are your feelings on gold? Yeah, gold is not silver and, and silver is not gold. Um, I think gold is going to do what it did in July. It's going to go yep. to that 1680 point and it's going to bounce right back off. Um, how high is it going to go? I'm not sure, but I think it's a much uh, better place to have capital than, than silver for sure. And it's also a much better place to have capital than um, the broad market indices, certainly than the NASDAQ and some of the tech stocks. I mean, uh, just to bring it into to this week's news, I mean, you know, you've got Snap out there laying off tons of people. You've got the, you know, that stock's down over 70% for the year, right? And, you know, it went up a little bit when it said it was going to lay off all those people because that's the sort of convoluted market we're in. You know, you say, oh, we have terrible news where we're shutting down whatever stores in the case of Bed Bath Beyond or laying off people to restructuring and the shares go up because people have hope for uh, that that plan is going to work. But at the end of the day, gold is a, has been for the year a much better place to have capital than the broad market indices. It's, it's held its value more than um, most of the stock market has. And given all the inflation that's here and um, given that we're going to be in a relative amount of pain as it comes to the investment world and, and the economic world for the next couple of quarters with slowing down GDP and rising prices, et cetera. Um, I think gold is a, is a good place to have your money. And then speaking about being contrarian, um, yeah, buying down here when it's at below $1,700 an ounce is, is a fantastic place to be. And going back to what I said about quality speculations, um, there's people who are doing good work, right? There's yep. uh, companies that are drilling. There's companies who are adding to their resources. There's companies who are, you know, coming up on milestones or, or catalysts that can show the investment world what they have. And, and, and there's one, we're not going to mention the name here because we're having a big event about it um, in the next week. In fact, on September 8th at 3 p.m. But, you know, that, com that company is um, in, in the middle of a 5,000 meter drill campaign. That company is 
I'm going to have drill results out here soon. Not only was I on site uh, just a couple of months ago, and that's what, what I made the documentary about, which we're calling America's Biggest Gold Mine. Um, but I had a chance to speak to their uh, mining engineer who was at the Silver Symposium. And, um, you know, I'm not an insider and I don't get insider information, of course, but I can read body language and I can read, you know, wrinkles on people's forehead and, and, and eyes when they smile. And when I ask how the drilling is going and, you know, how are those deep targets looking? How does it look following up on the deep zone where you had good results last year? I mean, he says, he chuckles and he says, we will see soon enough, right? And, uh, you know, I, I could just have my spidey sense going off that the drill results are going to be okay. So we'll get into some of that in the video, why that could be a game changer for this company and 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 why it could become one of the, the biggest uh, gold discoveries in the country, frankly. And like I said, we've already got several million ounces of, of gold resource. And um, that's going to add up real quickly if you get, you know, the 9, 10, 12 gram per ton results that that we've seen recently. So all that to say, you guys should be watching the, the event that we're having on September 8th. There's already several hundred people signed up to watch it. And I think it's going to be a, a pretty big event and um, uh, one that could potentially make you some money as we head into the latter part of 2022 and, and into 2023. So as this company uh, delivers results and as gold does what I think gold is going to do. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm biased. Um, I'm very familiar with management. I love the asset. We've, I think we've both been there several times. Um, I'm looking forward to the documentary. I've obviously peeked at it uh, behind the scenes. It looks absolutely spectacular. And I couldn't agree with you more that this company is one that, one, has value today if it never discovers another ounce of gold. Two, I think they're going to discover a lot more ounces of gold. Three, I think gold is headed higher as well. I think we may have, you know, a couple of weeks of, of, of bouncing off that 1680 trend line that's been support, firm support for a long time. And then I think, look, I think we're going to be off to the races. We have Mr. Powell who will be giving, you know, more, uh, more doing more blinking and giving more double talk here at the end of this month. And, you know, after that, I expect October, November and December to be absolutely fantastic. Um, let's get into me sounding like a broken record. Patriot Battery Metals, you talked about the, the biggest gold mine um, in, in, in the U.S. possibly, right? Um I've been saying for a long time that I think the Corvette district will end up hosting, you know, the biggest lithium resource in the world. That's just little old me, right? I'm a simple guy. I have simple premises. I act on it. I write share checks. I buy shares. And if it works, I make money. And if it doesn't, I don't, right? Pretty simple. But it's not just me saying that anymore. Patriot Battery Metals just announced the best drill hole of its history at the Corvette district. It drilled 159.7 meters of 1.65% lithium. Um, there were other results within that that are just absolutely mind-blowing, right? And the statement by new non-executive chairman Ken Brinsden that stuck out to me um, was this. He said, Corvette is one of the world's great lithium raw materials discoveries with full credit to the team. It's one thing for Gerardo to speculate who's biased, who has a few shares, who has a vested interest in seeing shares go higher, um, you know, who helped friends, family, and subscribers get into it pretty early. And and, and we lucked out, you know, nobody plans on, on drilling out the biggest lithium discovery in the world. 
you know, there's a lot of luck involved there, but I tell you what, they got a tiger by the tail. And for someone of Ken's background, a gentleman that took, you know, a project from, you know, through all the stages of development, exploration, development, and then getting it built and turning Pilbara into an $8 billion company for someone like that to get on the record publicly, take options at $7 and $9 and 20 cents, and then say that this is one of the world's great raw materials discovery. That's a pretty high bar for a program that's only some 40 holes in. So spoiler alert, I've adjusted my upwards price target on Patriot Battery Metals. Last week we chatted, we talked about how Mark thought I was crazy and smoking something when I had said that 15 bucks and 20 bucks was possible. Look, I think 15 bucks is, is happening by year end, maybe 20. 15 is definitely in the cards. I think by the end of 2023, we'll be on our way to $50 a share, Nick. And let me five, tell you- Five zero. Five zero, as in a $5 billion valuation. Let's put metrics to it. We talked about metrics last week and you know we're not just throwing share prices to, to be hyperbolic. Let's, let's talk about why that is. Um, when I interviewed Blair immediately after this news came out, I asked him about you know potential offtakes and partnering with you know maybe an, an automaker um, and the calls that he was receiving and his answer to me was was a pretty clear indicator of where I think Patriot is headed. I don't think Patriot wants to sell itself anytime soon. If uh, if, if you listen or read the interview, for those of you out there that are interested, you know Blair goes on to mention that you know they are intent on proving you know, the two, 300 million ton resource that everyone I think already believes is there, right? Um, but it was the second part to that answer that, that that really struck me. You know, he mentioned giving this the attention it deserves, this being the Corvette district, away from the drill bit. And, and, and he indicated that, you know, there's going to be a lot of focus and energy after they show the world how big this thing can be and how much upside exploration exists they look pretty hell bent to me, like maybe wanting to build this thing on their own. And when we look at companies that have, and there's not a lot of them, an asset with 200, 300 million tons with these kind of grades and 50 kilometers of trend with cheap power nearby, infrastructure, um, a, a, a country that's a top notch jurisdiction for mining, um, there's nobody around this property to, to, to go in and, you know, complain about, you know, geese or deer or a, a flower that you know is, is is rare all of the fatal flaws that i typically look for they just don't exist thus far and so if they are serious about not selling too soon and are hell-bent on actually financing this thing let's 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 just throw out a scenario out there the company gets to 25 dollars a share and decides to issue 20 million shares and raise 500 million dollars to build a plant that's just 20 million more shares. The dilution there is minimal. So if you mean to tell me that Patriot with all of its warrants and options and a, a fully funded plant, and again, I'm just throwing numbers out, right? 500 million at 25 bucks. If you, if you mean to tell me that Patriot can have somewhere around 140 million shares with 500 million in funding to go build this thing um, and have runway to do that, yeah, $50 a share is not unreasonable. Go do the comps. Go look at the Lithium Americas and what they have and compare the assets. Uh, look at look at, <laughs> look at Ken's past asset, the $8 billion company, Pilbara, right? That, that, that's, that's a much smaller resource there. And granted, they built it. It's producing a different business, but they're building that type of business. And I, I, I 
you know, I thought I thought Blair's comment was telling. I thought his comment in the news release um, was was very telling about Ken's skill set and the reason they brought him on and 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 his background. And and look, Blair's background is similar, right? It's similar, just not lithium specific. And so you have very methodical, pragmatic, technical people that know how to take this thing to production. And like I told Blair in the interview, they're having they're, they stumbled onto it. I think it's going to be the world's biggest lithium deposit and can potentially have this built out in a few years to hit the sweet spot of the lithium cycle, a cycle that I think is going to run for at least another decade. I just can't think of a better scenario. So my new price target is $50, everybody. It's incredible. I mean, it, it ripped through seven on the back of the, the halt for the, the hole you put out earlier. And you know, just to go, I guess, on the macro side of things is, you know, we've said repeatedly about this IEA report that says we need 50 new lithium mines. Um, it's in Quebec, which is a very mining friendly jurisdiction, which has been known to take states and companies itself. It has a plan called the Plan Nord um, to allow these these new sort of um, mining assets to come online. And uh, there was an article in Bloomberg, in fact, in July, and the headline was, you know, Canada could become the world's next yeah. metals powerhouse. And it was it was talking about some of the things that you just said, um, you know, its geographic location next to North America, which is going to need a lot of uh, these metals inputs if it wants to build the battery factories that um, it says it wants to build. You know, we talk about new announcements all the time. Last week, we were talking about Mercedes and Volkswagen. This week, it was Honda who said um, they're going to partner with the battery manufacturer and build a plant uh, in the U.S., Ohio, I think it was. Like, yeah. Where are all their inputs going to come from, right? And then you mentioned the, the hydropower, which is hugely important if we're going to build these things in, in a green way. So um, it's got a lot of things going for it. A lot. Let me read Blair's quote. And, and again, I only keep bringing this up every week because I still think there's significant money to be made in the stock, right? The minute that I think it's overbought or, or you know, the potential is not there, I'll quit talking about it. But it feels irresponsible of me to have people listen to our podcast um, that maybe didn't believe at two bucks the potential or at a dollar or at 50 cents or at $3 or at $5, but maybe they're sitting there and it's $7 now and they're going, miss that one. Well, if, if, if I'm halfway right and it only goes to $25, it's seven bucks right now, folks. And, and this is happening quickly, right? There's three rigs there. The third rig will be moved in September to go figure out how big this other monster lookalike of clusters um, that, the, you know, the, that they just discovered. They're going to find out what's there as far as grade goes. So it feels irresponsible of me to not mention it to people because I think, look, that's going to be your your freebie tip until it gets to that, you know, $25, $30 level. But here's Blair's quote in the interview. Blair says, we want to be able to demonstrate not only the scale, but the capability to take this through the course of getting it into a mine and an operating facility. We have to drill, we have to demonstrate the scale, and we wanna take this forward right to the point of being able to develop and build a production facility to produce a spodumene concentrate. That's gonna come at a pretty penny, a pretty premium, and I, I, I don't believe Ken or Blair take anything close to today's level on a buyout if, 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 if one is offered at the 20 or $25 level. Um, not with the potential, not with the expertise, not with the team that the company's put together, not with the location, and not with the scale. Because look, I keep saying two, 300 million tons. It could be more. 
it could be more, right? I'm basing that off this two kilometer trend. I'm not even counting, you know, what the new rig is going to uncover once it's, it, it moves here later this month on the new set of clusters there. So a lot to like. I, I think there's a lot of upside. I think it's a double between now and year end, possibly a triple. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the downside is the markets collapse and there's a pullback and you have a prolonged bear market, a la the late 1920s, the Great Depression, and all assets, including a Patriot battery metals, could pull back. That's that's your downside. And if look, if that's the scenario, everything else is 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 is, is going out the window as well. So everybody's got different risk timelines, um, revenue streams. But yeah, that's 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 my prediction. We'll see. Uh, We'll see. We'll, we'll see if Mark thinks I'm smoking something else now with my $50 call. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. Obviously, I'm biased. So uh, it's, it's good to see it's such an amazing discovery. And I'm happy for Blair. Um, and, and you know, I'm, I'm happy for us, Nick, because I think, you know, next year we're going to we're going to have the copper version of this story, which I also consider a battery metal. And I think, you know, it'll be fun to do this one and then, you know, go, go, go do a copper version of it next year. That's the joke. Somebody. Well, not somebody. Her name is Nicole Brewster. She runs a company called Renforth Resources. Yeah. She was on a panel that I was on, and she says she was joking. You know, we used to call them base metals. Now they're all now they're all battery metals. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. Um, we have to talk about the dollar. Look, there's riots in the street around the world. People are pissed off. Inflation is through the roof. Um, electricity prices in the UK are predicted to skyrocket eighty percent in the month of September alone. Um, there's businesses in Europe that are having to decide between paying the mortgage, keeping their businesses open or paying the light bill. And then there's an issue of supply, whether there's going to be enough. So look, folks, for everyone out there that's anti-mining and, and is anti, you know, development and, and tries to block every project that can help solve this energy crunch. You're going to have to start looking in the mirror and take some accountability for some of these shortages. And I'm talking specifically about politicians, right? Um, none of this is a surprise. The, the, the scenario that Germany's put itself in, that the, U, the, the, the European Union's put itself in largely, um, is, is everybody saw that it was coming. Nobody saw the war um, against Ukraine, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia coming, right? That, that, that certainly wasn't in the cards, but... We knew it would take just one incident of that scale or nature for, 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 for these regions to be completely dependent. So I am as much for responsible mining. And I think, you know, the, 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 the industry has to do a better job of that. And I'm all for the checks and the balances. But we better get realistic about getting some of these projects across the finish line. Or this isn't going to be a five or 10 year problem. It's going to be much larger in scale. And unfortunately, it's going to lead to deaths. It's already starting to lead to protests and, and people in the street. And look, when people get desperate, people get desperate. It's um, it's a tricky situation. I, I, I really feel for everyone that's, you know, vulnerable to the stupidity of these politicians that have put their citizenry in, in such a precarious position. Um, but you know, we better start having real conversations about mining and how we can do it better and more efficiently. And, and yes, more responsibly, but just sitting on our ass and complaining about it sure in the hell isn't keeping the lights on. There's so much to say about it. We talk about it every week. Um, I'll start with the Trumpster because I know we'll probably get to him later. But, you know, he told Germany a couple of years ago that they were dangerously dependent on Russia for 
uh, their energy supplies and the, the Russian delegation. I don't know if it was a, whatever, a G7 meeting or a UN meeting. They, they laughed. Yeah. They laughed. Yeah. Um, who's laughing now? Um, as they face one of the coldest winters in a long time, metaphorically, I'm speaking, not yes. te- temperature-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen stories about, you know, long-time business owners who are getting, um, you know, having to lock in prices the, that are like five, ten times higher than, than, than their previous electricity bills and the, the decisions that they have to face. And we've talked about, you mentioned last week, um, the leader of Belgium, for example. I mean, these countries have a choice. They chose to, to shut down their nuclear reactors. And, um, you know, Germany has now reversed course. I saw you put the Diablo Canyon on there, which I've been mentioning for weeks and yeah. we've been talking about. They have now officially voted to extend the life of Diablo Canyon here in, in California. Even and California they, gets it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, what's funny, and I'm sure you saw this week is, Last week, they, you know, banned the sale of gas cars after, I forget what the year was, 2030 or 2035. And this year, they're telling people not to charge their electric vehicles. Is that where you're going? That's exactly where I'm going. fucking make this stuff up, folks. And then this week, they literally say, please don't charge your electric cars. The grid can't handle it, given the the temperatures that we're given. So it's like, what what is it, man? You can't have cake and eat it, too. You can't tell people that they have to buy electric cars and then not have a grid sufficient enough. Uh, to be able to charge them, right? And so, um, you know, from Pat- Patriot Battery Metals, which is going to be providing lithium for these cars, all the way to the uranium names that uh, both the, you and I recommend, the different ones, producers, uh, developers, yeah. explorers. I mean, like uh, you know, Robert Friedman calls it the revenge of miners, man. You can't build out this stuff. You can't have the future that you're writing the policy for um, without the inputs to make it a reality. It's, um, I've said this for years, like, uh, you know, I talked about solar roads, right? <laughs> the, the extension of that is you can't just wave a wand or a pen on a paper and say, all electric cars by 2035, and tax credits for 2040. Like, that's fine, but fucking where are you going to get the metals to build it for? And that's what you were just saying, right? You have to look at, have a good look in the mirror and say, you know, you can't uh, be signing these bills and these targets and these policies into law and then out of the other side of your mouth, you know, stalling projects and not giving them the permits to move forward, right? Um, and, and and some of the environmentalist organizations and then these NGOs are, 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 are guilty as all hell, man. I was talking to, well, the same gentleman I mentioned earlier about um, uh, the, the mining engineer, because he came from a company that is going through permitting now that you and I were involved in, Midas Gold, which is now Perpetua. Um, and they've been permitting since, I think, 2016, and they've got some critical elements there in the form of antimony. And um, uh, they're actually going to make the site better, right? So this is just an example, right? Like a microcosm, right? There's a stream. It's a super fun site, basically. I mean, there's a stream there that hasn't flown to let the, the water flow through. That hasn't had the water flow through it in, in, in decades to let the salmon migrate up it and they're going to open it back up to, to, to allow the salmon to come up. And the guy would say, yeah, but those are details that you know, Nick, and those are details that I know. But the NGO doesn't care about those details. Why? Because the NGO can, can fundraise all this. Look, we're fighting this big mining project in, in Idaho. Uh, write us a check and they put out their quarterly newsletter about all the good work they're doing to prevent mining and, and keep the wilderness pristine. But they leave out the details that uh, the mine itself would improve the environment, right? And they continue to fundraise off it. And as long as they can continue to fundraise on it, even if they get the positive record of decision, which is expected this quarter, they're just going to sue immediately, right? To keep it going. So 
Um, that's one of the big problems. And yeah, like I say, uh, and like you said, um, good luck buying an electric car and charging it while they're still shutting down the mines that you need to make the infrastructure, the copper and the lithium and the nickel, et cetera. Well said. Well said. Let's talk about the Trumpster. Um, <laughs> Patriot's going to 50. Gold's going to bounce off 1680. Silver's going to keep trading like an industrial metal. This is your recap thus far, everybody. Um, <laughs> Donald Trump is the gift that keeps on giving. So as everyone knows, his home was raided by the FBI several weeks ago. And it was speculated at the time that he was stashing top secret classified documents um, inappropriately, which is a crime, by the way. It's also a crime to not return said items after the government asked for them, which they did formally, written notice. And his lawyers formally replied that everything had been turned over. Then he's raided. Then they find the documents. He says, no, I think they planted documents. And then he forgets that people can see him and the things that he types. And he gets upset when the FBI puts a picture out of the documents spread out on the floor, labeled top secret and classified, right? So he goes on his version of, of Twitter, right? His social media account. And he says, that's not how I left them. <laughs> Essentially, he says, I had them in a box. <laughs> <laughs> and he admits to the fucking crime that he's being investigated for. He says, they, they're doing this for show. I didn't keep them that way. I had them in a box. Melania Trump gets on the record and says, I would have never allowed that in my room. <laughs> I mean, you just can't make this up. So now his attorneys are squirming and trying to figure out how to counter the fact that the president's own social media account is out there telling the world that, yes, he had them. Yes, he knew. And by the way, he wasn't just leaving them on the floor. They were in a box in his safe. You can't make this stuff up with this guy. I mean, I know he's got nine lives legally, clearly. I don't know. This one might do it, man. This one, this I, one. I could be wrong. Isn't that called Truth Social, that, that other platform? <laughs> yes. You can't make this up. I mean, this is like, again, look, Donald Trump's a lot of things. He is not a boring man. And um, again, just gold, comedy gold. Uh, it's comedy gold. gold. It's comedy gold. I can't help it. It's I know it's a serious issue. You know, we don't know the nature of these documents yet. We don't know why he had them. We don't know what he was going to do with them. We don't know if he was, you know, subject to being extorted by other governments. We don't know any of this stuff. What I do know is he's got a gift for implicating himself into things in a very public way. And this one, even by his standard, just seems like the most fucking dumb thing I've ever heard a human being publicly say to the FBI. That's my rant. That's it. I'm going to keep laughing at it. But yeah, it, 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 even I was surprised by that one. I'm going to find the tweets. Um, <laughs> I'll because, <give> water. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, you won't be able to see them because this is a podcast, but I'll post a link. Um, but there was somebody, I don't know if they were a comedian or not, but you know how some of the documents, they were all different colors. Like some had like a yellow band around them, some were orange. 
Um, there were some black and white documents. They had Hollywood actresses dressed like Trump documents. So they had like this, the actress in the yellow and white dress, the one in like the orange and white dress, and they matched like the, the color of the documents. It was so funny. I have to post a link. And then Dan Rather, of all people, Dan Rather's out here tweeting, the real crime was the carpets they chose to install at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> It's like you say, company gold. You just can't make this stuff up. I tell you one thing that's not funny. Oh, hell on wheels here in Texas, Mr. Greg Abbott, who has a knack uh, for just being an asshole, right? So the parents of, let me say this, the very patient parents of the Uvalde town where 19 babies are massacred while cops waited with bulletproof vests and assault weapons and the SWAT gear and all the other stuff. We've covered that before. I don't want to get into it again because it'll anger me. Um, but the, these parents got together and they, 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 they're, they're asking for sensible legislation. They don't want their guns taken away. They, 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 many of them believe in the second amendment. Many of them are pro law enforcement. They simply went and had a rally asking that the legal age to purchase an assault rifle be changed to 21, which as somebody that's very pro Second Amendment, doesn't seem like the craziest starting point to have a conversation about responsible gun ownership and some of the checks and balances that we may be able to implement, not to stop all shootings, but maybe to stop another one of these, maybe to stop one where 10 babies are killed. I don't know, maybe to stop one where 10 politicians are gunned down by somebody that just turned 18 and now is, is, is able to go and you know buy an AR-15 on a payment plan finance the bullets and go shoot shit up because he's feeling bad about himself, right? Um, it didn't seem crazy to me for these parents who have gone through such trauma and loss to ask for this type of legislation to be at least presented and debated. Greg Abbott comes out and says, I think it's unconstitutional to raise the age to 21. Like, who the fuck are you talking to? Like, unconstitutional on what basis? Our constitution's been amended, I don't know how many times. I don't know if you read the original text, Greg. It wasn't the most flattering of documents in many instances. You want my take? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean it's constitutional right to own a firearm. It doesn't really say about what age. And so if 18 is an arbitrary number, I mean, why not 13? You know, why not 7? Why not 21? Right? The age is sort of, um, can be up for debate. And this is one of the things that could be fine-tuned or tweaked when you have a a rational debate about this, right? That's it. That's it. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, it, it just doesn't seem like the craziest request from a community that wants to have a dialogue about how to prevent another one of these so that nobody sure. has to go through this atrocity. And so I, I thought mean, it was tone deaf. I thought Abbott coming out and, 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 you know, making such a callous remarks to these parents callous remark to these parents um, this soon in direct response to, to, to the, to the, to the gathering. Uh -huh. I think, I mean, especially, you know, parents of young children are certainly not, you know, down with that or in tune with that. It's definitely tone deaf. I mean, even whether or not you've experienced that uh, tragic sort of event or not, I mean, you know, just from a, a personal anecdote, you know, we took our kids to, to school. Well, our kindergarten, excuse me, our first grader went to school today. Um, and after we dropped her off, we had like the 
parent-teacher conference for the preschoolers, right? Because they go in next week. So it's like, you know what to expect. We dropped off all their supplies. They got their little cubby, all that sort of stuff. And you get the paperwork, man. Like, here's the permission slips. Do they have any allergies? Here's like the school shooting plan, right? You get like a piece of paper, like here's the lockdown procedures. It's like, you know, that, that sucks, man. It's like part of life that you gotta have these uh, lockdown procedure introductions with your pre three and pre four school teachers, right? It's crazy. And so um, that's not a world that, that I wanna live in. That's not a place, you know, that I want to be, uh, or a world that I wanna be raising kids in. And yet it is the world that we find ourselves in. And so if we can do something to, to change it, and we talked about this in the wake of these shootings time and again, unfortunately, then um, of course we should be doing something. When a pattern has emerged as to the age of these people, um, that, 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 that commit these crimes and then how they go about getting the weapons. Yeah. Which is legal, by the way. So if you can do something about, you know, changing the legality of how they acquire these weapons to make it illegal for them to do so, um, that a shooting still going to happen, you know, maybe, maybe less infrequently, but they're not going to be because they legally purchased the gun, right? Like you said. But don't let a 13 year old girl get raped and impregnated and want to terminate the pregnancy immediately because can't 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 have that right yeah it's crazy (laughs) insane we go back to trump because i want to smile but i got the tweet (laughs) (laughs) i i i I, I got the actual uh the actual quote here from the trumpster he says there seems to be confusion as to the picture and he puts it in parentheses i dare quotes as to the picture where documents were sloppily thrown on the floor and then released photographically for the world to see as if that's what the FBI found when they broke into my home. Wrong! They took them out of cartons and spread them around on the carpet, making it look like a big find for them. They dropped them, not me. Very deceiving. And remember, we could have no representative, including lawyers, present during the raid. They were told to wait outside. (laughs) So it's more of a crime, so... He had the documents, but he stored them in an organized manner. Like he's, he's more worried about how he stored them than, than, than they actually had them, right? Just insane. Just insane. Um, crazy times. Uh, crazy world we live in. Get monkeypox. There's 30 kids now that have tested positive for monkeypox in the U.S., Nick. I mean, I think we're so desensitized because of COVID and, you know, the toll that took on so many people. Um should we be taking monkeypox a little more seriously? I mean, I've been laughing at this shit since they announced it, but we just had someone here in Texas die um, this past week. And, you know, now when I started hearing, okay, well, someone died. And then I hear, well, there's 30 kids now that have tested positive. Well, then I I, I quit joking about it because... How did the kids contract it? Because that's it seems my- like you got, you got to have the real the close contact or the... It's not like, you know, airborne. That, well, that, that that's that's my next question, right? And, and that's and that's kind of where I was going with it. Should we be having you know a deeper conversation about you know how they contracted it, just how contagious it is? Why did the sure. kids have it? You know, everything that we've heard up until now from the news has made it seem like you have to be gay, <laughs> you know, to, sure. to, to 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 contract it because it's spread more um, in 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 the gay community, at least early on. Um, sounds eerily eerily. Um, you know, similar to what they said about AIDS when AIDS, AIDS first started, that. Yep. right? And so, again, when I see that kids are now contracting it, when I see that they're they're blaming a specific community, and 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 not everybody's doing it, but some in the media are, 
Um, and, and, you know, now kids are contracting and people are dying. Well, maybe we should start treating it a little bit more serious. I mean, again, even myself. Yeah. When I hear that, you know, CVS has a monkeypox vaccine available. I don't even think twice to think about going to get it. I'm not doing it. But maybe I should think about it. Maybe I should figure out what's in a monkeypox vaccine. Maybe I should figure out what the side effects are. I haven't seen very many people talk about any of that. I don't, I don't think anybody that I speak with on a daily basis has even considered getting a monkeypox vaccine. I can tell you what's in it. I I can tell you how long it's been around. Um, I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, we haven't. There were some existing vaccines that I think they were they were using that were also effective against monkeypox, like uh, for another type of infection. It escapes me what it was off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, everything that you read, not just about um, it being for the homosexuals, but you know, it's it's close contact, skin to skin contact, yeah. right? Prolonged contact. It's not like you walk by something by somebody and you got the monkeypox. So I haven't seen the kids uh, that have attracted it. I have to read about it. Like I say, I haven't been glued to the news for the past couple of days. But um, is it something I'm going to be worried extensively about? Probably not. Agreed. Agreed. Um, every week I say we're going to talk about cop corruption and then so much happens during the week to add to it that I want to put it off for another week and I don't want to get off on another crooked police law enforcement rant. Um, let's go back to the Trumpster and, and his little buddy Sarah Palin. She just lost. Um, she was, she, was she, she, she lost a race in Alaska um, in a district that's been Republican for five decades. And so, you know, congratulations to Miss Peltola, who, who who won by three percentage points, um, she was not uh, supposed to win this, you know, election. She was not favored to win. Her own party didn't think that she could garner enough support in a district that's been Republican for five decades. Didn't believe that she could pull it off, given Sarah Palin's personality and public profile and entertainment um background right which which resonates well with voters whether you believe it's healthy or not for our democracy uh being a celebrity resonates well with voters for whatever reason and so congrats to mary peltola she will be the first alaskan native to serve as a lawmaker in congress for the state which is mind-blowing to me right my my, my wife of course you know um is 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 a quarter native but she grew up in the culture right she she grew up with you know her mom and her grandma and 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 so it's fascinating to me that alaska has never had and i you know i I guess i was ignorant to this has never had an alaska native serve as a lawmaker in congress for the state and so congrats to her it's uh whether you know whether you like her politics or not um it's it's groundbreaking and and it's 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 good to have good representation uh for all communities and and you know let's hope it's qualified representation which is all we want from our elected leaders, regardless of their background, right? But yeah, kudos to her and good for her for making some history out there. I wonder if she can see Russia from her house. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. So good. So good. So good. I dislike both parties equally, but I do, I must admit, the right does keep me laughing a little bit more than the left does. You know, the left just does dumb shit all the time, but uh, the Republicans do it in style. And they're brash well, about I mean, it. They are just, they are brash about their stupidity sometimes, right? So they can, they can infuriate you as well. We'll mention Miss Pelosi just to dish it out on both oh, sides. You know, God. her, her and her husband conveniently dumped their NVIDIA stock recently before, you know, everybody was saying they're buying the stock because of this chips act. But then there was some 
uh, you know, rules passed recently um, that were going to basically negatively affect the chip makers. And lo and behold, Mr. Paul has sold his NVIDIA stock before the rules came out. He should start a newsletter. He's a great investor. He's a great investor. A timing. Yeah. See, but I don't laugh at that. That just pisses me off. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> ah. What else do you have on your mind, Nick? I wanted to talk housing. I think we should save that. The 30-year just hit 6.25%. Um, you know, there's a squeeze all around. Um, housing is cooling in Austin. And by cooling, I mean, they're predicting that prices will only appreciate 15% year on year between this year and next. Mm -hmm. That's what cooling looks like in Austin. So uh, a slowdown isn't a reversal here, as we said a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I, I thought it was noticeable that, uh, you know, the dollar is at levels that we haven't seen in decades. And you know, the 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 thirty year mortgage is above six percent for the first time in a very, very long time. Yeah, um, we don't have to go deep into housing, but I, I think we should just mention that, you know, that's the beginning of a recession, right? The, uh, a, a slowdown, you know, you're fortunate to be in Austin where things are growing, but we've seen in the past couple of weeks, mortgage companies already going under because yep. uh, they're no longer making money on the, on the houses that they, that they issue loans on or, or can't uh, make money anymore. And and people can't afford the, the houses with the rates at the way they are, and that's um, sort of the early stages of a recession. I've seen some macro charts recently about, you know, like the cascading effect of, of a recession and how it, you know, starts with housing and goes to industrial orders and then to, then to earnings, profits, and then ultimately, you know, coalesces with mass layoffs, right? And, and that's sort of the direction we're heading. We've got this housing slowing down now. I firmly expect an earnings recession to come. And then um, while there have been some layoffs um, so far and some people that are slowing hiring, uh, the jobs market relatively has 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 still been okay, but um, I think you're going to see that that that's going to change here over the next six to twelve months, and 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 that's why I think we've still got a tough road to hoe, as it were, um, for the economy and for stocks. Which uh, we should mention, by the way, what happened to the June rally? Where are all the people that uh, called the, called the bottom? Right, we've had a couple of more down days in the S and P. Um, uh, I've been peeling out a little bit of my, my leverage NASDAQ short, which I was admittedly worried about as we uh, endured that rally, but I held on to nonetheless. And um, it's looking ever more like it was a bear market rally, right? It's looking ever more like you were right. Mm. That's all I got for this week, Nick. I could go on forever. You know, these therapy sessions could be, could be, could be hours long if we wanted them to, but I think that's a good ending point. Watching for everyone to be back in the office post Labor Day. I hope everyone has a great or had a great Labor Day by the time that you see or read this. Um, I am looking forward to getting out to Beaver Creek for the Precious Metal Summit with you and seeing a lot of you out there. We'll be there from September the 13th through the 15th, at least on my end of it. I'll be leaving on the 15th. So looking forward to that. Um, that's yeah, right. and looking forward to a strong end to the year, especially if Patriot goes to 20. That's it. That'd be nice. That's all I got. Have a good week, everybody. Yes, sir. I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was Therapy Session, otherwise known as Bizarro World number 184. Take care out there, everyone. See ya. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one.
Thanks for watching.